Robert Edgeworth, you're back? I am back, yes. And before we do any more uh, of this episode, thank you for this new studio that you're letting us operate from. I like what you did with it. It's coming <laughs> along. Can you bring us up to speed with a quick uh, reintroduction to what you've been focusing on? Sure. So I, I think that the, the really key message here is that we have a problem with raw sewage getting into the ocean at our beaches, right? This Pilata Guiones, um, you know, but recently there was an article in La Nation about Santa Teresa Montpellier having exactly the same kind of problem. So I, I, I don't think that we're, we're unique in that problem, and it's something that people are very aware of across the board. I know Vanessa has been doing some testing for Samara. I've been in Samara and clearly seen signs of sewage there. How long has our study been going on here? And before we go any further, we should point out you paid for and funded to get this whole thing started. So that trend getting going around the country is great. But Nosara often has to take care of itself. And you were the person who stepped up out of your own pocketbook or wallet. So thank you for that. A piece of it. A piece of it. Yeah. So it wasn't just me. How long, how long has the study been going on? Because we actually have evidence now. Other people are just starting to find it out. Here it's a null. We started collecting money and, and Vanessa did the research to figure out, okay, what would it take to establish a bio lab that could make these measurements um, three years ago? And I think it took a whole year to both get the money together and uh, go through the, all the Costa Rican processes of importing that kind of scientific equipment and get, getting it in place and then getting the systems calibrated. So I believe we're talking about 2019. Uh, Vanessa was collecting data at the river mouth at two beach locations and then some discretionary sampling as, as we were trying to further understand the issue. Okay, so the results came in, confirmed that we do have exactly the, the, yeah. the situation, and walk us from there. Yeah, so, so the results came in, and they're not, they're not unbelievably bad, but they're really not good. And I, I think the important things was some of the follow-up work Vanessa did that absolutely validated that this problem is sourced from the expat community. You know, the, looking at the estuaries in the region of, of, of Guiones, we saw extremely high levels of sewage contamination in those estuaries. And that, that those particular estuaries only drain these, the reason where we have all these vacation homes and beach homes and, you know, year round beach homes now. They're, they might have used to be. So you've identified homes. the problem. You see where it's clearly coming from. What's next? Yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today is we've pulled together a lot more information on what is the building code, you know, what does it say about septic systems. You had that amazing podcast with Nick where he, he did such a great job about talking about drain fields and what it takes to have a healthy, functioning drain field. Uh, and that, that was perfect because what I'm going to bring in is information on what the tanks should look like. All right. Hey, thank and, you for doing this again, by yeah. the way. So uh, let's get rolling. So, yeah, about five years ago, Costa Rica's National Building Code changed. And they, they stepped up the expectations of what a good septic system was. Um, unfortunately, the news didn't seem to reach Nosara. And, you know, just because that building code exists doesn't mean it's being enforced. And, uh, you know, that's what we, what we want to change fundamentally, first in terms of people's awareness as they're building new new 
houses, new facilities, but also when you're making repairs to the existing ones. That here's what the standard is today. And as um, we discussed in your last episode, it kind of went from it used to be a lot of old construction, then we've had the new construction, but now a lot of that old construction is being remodeled. So I, what I learned from you and also from Nick, everyone could benefit from getting up to speed a little bit. Nick's a Nick's an engineer, and so am I, right? And so. I agree with them. You need to know more than your builder because the way it works in Costa Rica, there are no uh, ongoing inspections of your property as it's being built. There is no certificate of occupancy for your house. I came into this house and there was bare electric wires hanging, you know, that, that can happen to you, you know, and, and let's hope it doesn't happen anymore, but, there are cases of people being electrocuted by their showers in this area because it wasn't done right. So just in general, you, if you're taking on the idea of building a house in Costa Rica, you need to know a lot about it and you need to be really monitoring what's going on. This is the fundamental thing. When you don't have the municipality taking care of your wastewater, you need to know about it because you need to know whether it's working or not. And you need to know how to address it when it's not. All right. So we had your first episode. Then Nick came in with a lot of detail. Bring us to what's on your mind that you want us to know about now. What's the next turn of the page uh, in your perspective? For me, I I think today what we really want to do is share out. Here's here's what a passive septic system, just, just tanks and a drain field, is required to be under the current building code. And I'd say 90% of the homes in this area don't meet that standard. You know, just that's the way it is. This is the uh, image from La Casa de, de Tanks of the current standard, which is a double septic tank. So you have gray water comes in here. Your kitchen oils, all, all of that, there's a grease trap. That's the proper word. Forgive me. Okay. And then that grease t- trap that connects to the black line. Through This is a register box, which is just there to clean things out. In my case, I have a much larger solid strap in front of this, so that'll capture toilet paper and any kind of hygiene products and, and hold them in an area where it's just a lot easier to maintain. And it'll also break down a little better if that's separated out. But, you know, that register is in case there's any sort of clogging, you can clean it out there. And then this is a P-trap that keeps any of the odors from coming back into the house from the system. That's your standard septic tank. And then the, this next tank, uh, Nick talked a lot about this. You have an anaerobic digester here. So this tank, the, the feed from the septic tank goes down to the bottom of the tank with a pipe. And the tank is two-thirds full of gravel. Mm. So that gravel gives you two things. It gives you a, a mechanical filter to make sure that there's no solids coming out of the tank. And it also gives you this enormous surface area that allows it to be colonized by anaerobic bacteria and that bacteria goes in there and digests all the waste product. Um, and then what's not shown here would be your, your drain field, right? So the first thing that I really want to bring out on this is this takes up a lot of space, right? This is the minimum as well, right? I was just thinking in Nick's words, as you were getting to that point of it takes a lot of space and and bringing up tree roots, that was a risky move for him. And no, sorry, you never say cut a tree. In his case scenario, he said, hey, with septic, you have to be careful because stuff right. spreads. And and these tanks are, are a nice choice 
because they will turn tree roots, right? The concrete tanks will not turn a tree root, and a tree root will break your concrete tanks, which is one of several reasons I, I strongly advise looking at either the Casa del Tank and their plastic tanks, or there's another company called Fibro Muebles, which builds fiberglass tanks. And in both those cases, they will turn a tree root away from the tank, and, and then uh, you just don't, you don't have as critical a concern about tree roots attacking your system. You still have to worry about them in the drain field, closing the, the drain flows. Uh, but it, with the concrete tanks, you have a real risk that you have a healthy old tree, and over the course of 10, 15 years, it will break open the tank just by pushing a tree root against it, sucking up all the, the moisture that's available there, which encourages it to grow more and more, and it will just drill through your concrete tank. The other thing about concrete tanks, and that's, again, probably 80, 90% of the people here have concrete septic tanks. They can't seal properly. This system, you see those, you have those lids, they seal on top. So when the rainwater comes, it sheds the rainwater, it, it drains naturally and separately. With the concrete tank, you don't get that sealing action. And when we get these inundation rains, it floods into your septic tank and literally pushes the sewage out in, right. into, the, into the street and into to the ocean eventually. Uh, and that gets particularly bad with you know, all the things that, that Nick talked about, about runoff waters are right on point. You have a lot of people here that put in their system 10 years ago. Their neighbors came in and built, and now their septic tank is getting flooded by runoff water. And then that just becomes catastrophic in terms of the real function of your septic system. And you may be absolutely unaware because you're inside the house when it's raining, right? Meanwhile, your septic tank is just dumping sewage into the ocean along with that rain. Right. Now, when we discussed this previously, you had mentioned you might be coming up with ways for people to see what their, what their setup is. So we've got a lot of good options. Um, we had... Uh, a civil engineer who specializes in wastewater management in San Jose wrote up a document that's in Spanish. Vanessa took that document and built a, a wastewater guide. And we got a link to the wastewater guide that we'll, we'll share with you. Um, we also put together just a short survey quiz where you can answer a few questions and it'll give you an idea of where your home stands and at least you should be able to answer those questions. And if you can't answer those questions or the answer to those questions are no, it probably means that you have a serious issue. Um, so the other thing that we've done is we've lined up. There's a, there's a guy here. He's a civil engineer and a surfer. He lives right in Guiones. And his name is Carlos Vargas. He is willing to do on-site surveys. So he'll come, go with you, show you your system, make some basic inspections, check the tank to see if there's signs that it's leaking, check the overall integrity of it. Uh, he, he's not going to dig up your drain field or anything dramatic like that, but he's going to go and spend an afternoon with you, review that system, and produce an engineering report on you know the, the integrity of your existing system and where it falls short in terms of the existing That's awesome. standards. Is, is it a set price or is it just a Yeah, the yeah. He's, he's said that he'll do the whole thing for $200, which I think is very reasonable to have a professional engineer come in and give you a report. I think particularly if you're looking to buy something in this area or you're looking to sell, it would be very useful for you to have that report on hand so people understand 
Like, yeah, that's great. Um, shout out to him. We'll put up the info so people can find yeah. him on all this stuff and the link for the survey. And, and if yeah, you happen to be stuff. a civil engineer who lives in Nosara and you want to do this service as well, you know, come, come find yeah, us. Uh, and for the pricing, we should mention we're yeah. recording this at the end of 2021. So the pricing yes. might, might change. But, but either way, that's fantastic. Um, since your last episode and Nick's episodes come out, more people are getting together. The WCA has, it seems like it has a more solid foundation. More people know about this subject and talk about it than I had ever expected since you guys really started getting going. Straight off the bat, I, I, I think it's been really great. I kind of dreaded coming on here and talking to you about this because I thought it was going to create a lot of animosity. And then that's been anything but the case. And it's, it's, it's been positive. And there's a number of people that I think have always known in their gut that something was wrong. And, and a lot of those people are coming up and saying, help me get it fixed. You know, and particularly to Nick, not so much to me. I'm not, please don't come to me with your shit problems. <laughs> I have my own problem. But I'm happy to direct you to people who will take care of those things and help. And there's, you know, I've, I've heard some real horror stories, but I, I think it's a credit to all of those people in that they're saying, hey, I know this isn't right. Help me find a path to get it fixed. You know, and that's that's what we're looking for from every property owner in the area is just make an assessment of where you're at and what are you going to do to bring that up to a, a real world-class standard. Whenever I talk with you about this, you never come in and say, we have to change the laws and change the whole everything. You, it seems like you just accept that this is a personal responsibility and you've always approached it from that angle. And it sounds like people, more people listen that you didn't expect to listen than we anticipated, which is great. And more companies donated money from an industry that might not even think that they're going to like, it seems like it's your, your, your strategy is working. I, I'm just, I'm concerned yeah. it's going to twist into what we normally do, which is we start infighting and get demanding and we get fired up and there's a kind of a whole protest culture. Yeah. I, and, and I've, I've expressed that concern with some of the, the, the people that have a lot of energy and that are really jumping in here, which is great. Right. I, I don't want to, to be chasing around and, spending all my time trying to communicate to people that this is a problem. Um, but, but yeah, you know, some people have talked to me about, well, we're going to start filing denuncias. And it's like, hold on, hold on. I mean, before we go calling the cops on people, how about we go and have a conversation with them and treat them like who they are? They're your neighbors. And you have to assume that they have good intentions. You know, and, and the fact that, yeah, their system is not ideal. Well, they're trying to get a business going. They're trying to feed their kids. They're, they're trying to make sure that their employees get payroll this week. You got a lot of big, big, hard problems. And they don't need another big, big, hard problem showing up in, in the form of, you know, a government officer with an order to close the business. You know, and I, I think we all just need to take a deep breath here. Go, this is not a unique problem. It's, all over California, the UK I just recently saw, you know, has piles of problems all along their coastline with sewage being dumped. It's not good and it's not acceptable on the long term, but we don't have to freak out about it and we don't have to, we just don't have to lose our minds and start making enemies of each other over something that, you know, let's, let's just take a breath and then each of these people that 
have problems need time to sit down. They need to be able to meet with somebody like Carlos and say, okay, what do I do? And you know what? Having been in, in that kind of an engineer's shoes, the first answer is, boy, I don't know. You know, we, we got to really think about it. We got to look at your site plan. There's, there's some real time and work that goes into engineering a solution that's going to work for the next 20 years. When, yeah. the, when you said the problem, we should, we should pause on that because there's different situations. Individual homeowners can take you know, action. Then there's the entire water system itself. And I think some people still get confused on the cross-pollination between those. The ASADA just doesn't have any control over these things once you have your water connected. I got asked recently, why don't they just build a water treatment system and solve it? Because in my town, we have one of those. <laughs> yeah, somebody came on your show and said that was going to happen in the near future, which is absolute nonsense and very frustrating to me. That'd be nice so, if it did. What's that? That'd oh, be nice if it did. I mean, but it, your, your point it would is- always be nice if daddy came and took care of all of our problems for us, right? That's... That seems to be the mindset coming from that particular group is that that some magical daddy is going to appear and take care of things. But the reality of a sewage treatment plant is you need a couple hectares for the treatment ponds. You need several employees seven days a week, probably 24-7, because it just becomes even worse if the, the ponds get spilled. You know, that's as concentrated a sewage dump as you could ever have. You need pumping stations throughout Guiones and Pilata and, in, you know, up the, the L section, probably 12, 15 pump stations. You know, these would be little tiny 500 square meter lots where sewage is coming in and sewage is being pushed out, being pushed to wherever this two hectare site is. And then, then you need sealed piping through the entire region to move that sewage to where it's getting treated. If you look at that, the costs of putting all those pieces together, not to mention how do you find the land for the pumping stations? Do, you know, I don't really want a pumping station on, on my property right beside my driveway. Um, where do you put the sewage treatment plant? Because it's going to be stinky. Um, and then where do you find the money for all of this? You, if, you, if you look through all of that, it is cheaper for every single property owner in this area to replace their septic system than it would be to put in a sewage treatment plant. And that's because we're too small. There's critical scales for these kind of infrastructure. And, you know, when, when that person said that we were going to have a sewage treatment plant, I was like, yeah, we're going to have a subway someday too. It's just not realistic. Um, but what is realistic is that that system there, um, Luis Prado, the president of the NCA, he told me he put in a four-person system for a condo he has in Palada, and it cost him $5,000. It's not that big a deal. It's real money, and it's, it's enough money that we need to give our neighbors the respect of some time to plan, okay, where am I going to come up with the money to make this fix, and then actually get the work done. But it can be done. And I think that in the next two or three years, we could see this situation completely turned around if we're patient with it. And yeah, running out and putting denuncias against people and saying, well, you have to close your restaurant because we know it's, no. It just doesn't make any sense. And it, it, it's just, it's not how you would want to be treated as a person. And, and we shouldn't be treating our neighbors that way. 
I've appreciated your demeanor of here's information, town, take care of yourself, but I'm not going to, it doesn't seem like you want to be president of an organization and go around and beat people up over this. No, and, and I honestly, I don't think there's any reason for it. The ASADA has scope over new construction, and they're aware of the new building codes. Um, I hope that they're, I, I think we might look at bringing some funding to them. This is just off the cuff, but I've, I've thought that it might be worthwhile to fund an engineer working for the ASADA to support them in reviewing these new building plans because some of the plans have not been as extensive as I would have liked. The, you, you, you see a design for the septic tanks, but I haven't seen a site plan that says the septic tank here is going in this area, the drain field is in this area. Uh, that, that seems to be generally missing. And I, I think it would be helpful if the ASADA had the resources where they could have an engineer do those reviews and say, no, this is not, a, this is not an acceptable level of design work. We want to see more. And also have the time that three months down the road, he can do a site visit and, and check on them and confirm that they didn't just build the driveway on top of what they promised would be the drain field, you know, things like that, that Nick did such a good job of talking through. Um, I Ultimately, this is a personal responsibility situation. And yes, I'm sure there are laws on the book that's, that says I can't let my my septic system be 25 years old and unmaintained and, and failed and, and keep operating my house or my business. But we're going to have a tough time trying to enforce any of those things. But no one wants to be responsible for dumping shit in the ocean. And, and people act in good faith. So I think the important thing is that we give them this information, you know, and that's that's what I'm doing today, right? Here's, yeah, it is. Cool. Here's what you need. Double tank systems are the current standard. Really don't recommend concrete tanks because of the flooding issues. And if you don't want to change things and update your system, that's fine. But just all it means is that you only care about the environment when you're using other people's money. <laughs> okay, good for you. I get it. That's the way most people really are. Thank you for having the courage to come point this out. Congratulations on the momentum you've had so far. And what else should we cover while you have this platform? Because I have a feeling we won't be seeing you for too many episodes, especially after the momentum truly picks up and the message is out there. I know you want to just get the message out is what I'm yeah, trying to say. I, and I respect I, I, it. I'm an introvert. I keep my, my personal space. And I, yeah, if it was my choice, I would definitely not be on YouTube for anything. Um, I, I have a business project up north in Labrador, and one of the town councilors complained after we'd met with them that she Googled me and she couldn't find anything. And I was like, that's excellent. That's the best news I've ever heard. This was the right one to step up on. Nick came on. We still can't get Lily from the Asada on, but, but maybe we can get someone else. I don't think this town understands how much is owed to Lily specifically. We should have a parade for her every year because we have... Probably the best Asada in all of Costa Rica. She's awesome once you get talking to her in any subject. She'll look you dead in the eye and say exactly how she feels. But she won't come on camera at all. And I get asked to have Lily on all the time. So I shout out Lily. Maybe we well. should organize the parade for her first and you can have the, the shot. But no, I, I, I think you, you have to extend amazing. an enormous amount of respect to her and everyone who's worked to make that Asada what it is. Because the... the the, the entire place would not work without it.
You're right. We ought to stop and thank them. Since we're there, let's talk about fresh water. Okay. So every time this gets discussed, somebody says, is it safe to drink the water? And the answer is yes. I drink the Asada water. I, I don't have any concerns. I lab tested the Asada water myself because I'm that kind of untrusting person. But it came back very good. And in fact, there were some small uh, manganese concentrations that were high. Within a year, the Asada had added filtering equipment to remove that manganese, which wasn't actually, if you look at the FDA website, it's not. It's it's entirely permitted, but they actually did do the extra work of clearing that away in, in considerable expense. Um, so in terms of the Asado water, I have absolutely no concerns related to the problems we're talking about with wastewater right now. But there are a lot of people in the area that have these legacy hand-dug wells. And in the dry season, I still see signs of sewage on the beach. I, I see oily brown stuff that is, that's what we've proven is that oily brown foamy stuff is the result of sewage runoff. And, and that is appearing even in the midst of the dry season. So that tells me that some of it is migrating through the water table. So if you're using, God, hopefully no one is using these, these dug wells for, for drinking water because that would be a real health hazard. And I, I wouldn't really recommend that you water, water your vegetable garden with it either. Um, and, you know, if, if you are using one of these and you have concerns, Vanessa can do a test for you for a small fee. And if I were in your shoes, I would be testing every month. Hey, thanks for, thanks for relaying that. I know Vanessa's coming in for an update on, on her side of stuff, everything here shortly. So uh, I'll try to remember to bring that up again and okay. get that out there. That's awesome to know. What else should we talk about? We need to talk about funding, right? So um, Vanessa had some interns, and they were collecting data through the North American summer. Well, while, while they were off school, that stopped, um, and there was there was no funding ongoing. So so we haven't been collecting data for quite a while. So we needed 15k. Part of that would go to adding the measurement of enterococcus, which is a different uh, type of bacteria from the, the fecal coliform, and it's a little more robust in ocean water, which makes it a better indication of when you have contamination, and it's also a little more closely correlated with health risks. So, you know, a lot of people have been asking Vanessa, well, is it safe to go in the water today after she's had a negative test? She's like, I don't know. You know, we don't really have any crisp answers for that. So that, that'll that help us give more clarity in, in that area. Uh, of that 15,000, um, Jeff very generously stepped up, committed for three years that he's going to pay $2,500 a year. Uh, then your your organization, Surfing Nosara, stepped in with another $2,500. Thank you very much for that, Rich. And there, uh, one individual... Put in twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, I know his name, but I don't. I haven't met him, and I don't have his permission to share his name. So, um, shout out to them if they yes. want. Yeah, if you if you would, I'd like to thank you. So, 
feel free to say hello to me at some point. But yeah, that was completely just went into the bank with his name on it. And we got a couple fantastic. more emails over the past two weeks as well that have yep. come in. Yeah, there's there's a handful of there. So Vanessa's at the point right now where she just needs another one of those $2,500. So I'm thinking that there's at least two other real estate agencies that could, could afford that and ought to step up. It's more than two. Yeah. Well, you know, I, th- I think after this, we should make some phone calls and visits and, and talk to those people. But, you know, Vanessa does a lot of other things. Um, you know, we're going to show the link to her WCA programs page where she talks about all the activities she's trying to drive and she needs funds for all of them. I would encourage anybody who lives in this area to make a small donation. Um, I, I think that we're just really lucky to have a PhD in, in biology working in this area and, and being able to give us information where we can talk about these things scientifically rather than just sharing each other's opinions on what we need to do to take care of the turtles. Well, again, you saw her talent and what she could offer and brought in a whole new level of benefit from, from Dr. Vanessa. So thanks for catching oh, that. It's, it's just been a huge advantage. I, I wanted to establish that lab, but I know what it takes to run a lab and I know what it takes to keep getting accurate results out of it. And I did not want to sign up for that part. So I'm so happy that she was willing to step in and take that over. Well, hey, um, let's give them things too, because there's a new, around the WCA, there's new support, there's organization. I've seen some emails fly around, uh, mm-hmm. listen to a call, and it sounds like there's a lot of people with great intentions who want to do great things for it. So let's wish them well. And yeah, them and I, I think that that's, that's a really good thing. These, these people are stepping in and really have a passion about you know, making improvements in, in the, the water cleanliness situation. I, I hope that they will take some of the things we've talked about today to heart in terms of going slow and just giving people the basic respect of, hey, it takes a couple of years to put together, you know, a, a major capital project like putting in a new septic system. So let's be patient with people. Let's be straightforward and honest that they need to make improvements when we're talking about these particular places that have problems. Uh, but we don't need to be jumping all down each other's throat and acting like it's the, the crime of the century because it's not. So as we wind down, what else would you like to get out as we basically come to the end of the year and start another big high season? High season. Was there ever a low season? <laughs> I think we need a new word. because there's. There we should admit that right now. Yeah, there is. This, yeah, it's, we the way things. It was just bizarre to me to see the surf full in October. You know, I miss the Nosara where you could be all by yourself on the beach in October. But that is what it is, and and these are the kind of growing pains that go with that. But we also have to recognize those changes are bringing money to people who really, really need it, right? And and that's the the one thing that I really want to say is that we need to be careful about. You know, it, it's important to rock the boat now and again so people don't get complacent about these, these issues that are coming up. But let's not tip over the boat and sink the whole tourist business at the same time, right? You know, it's good to communicate with, with you and with, you know, local community and with the people who need to know that there's a problem and that can take constructive action to fix it. There's no benefit to getting this on CNN, right? Oh, man. No, I'll just send it there. Well, that's what I, with Santa Teresa, it, it went into La Nation, and it, and I don't think that's helpful. You know, 
that's not bringing it to an audience that can do anything constructive about it. And that's all I'm interested in. Let's, let's bring the awareness to the people who can fix this, which are the people who own these properties, and make sure they know how to do it right. It's been a pleasure to have you here. Your last episode did a lot of good. I think this one will too. We all appreciate you a great deal. Or if we, hold on, let me see it. Those who, <laughs> under, who know you and have, who know what you've done, appreciate you a great deal. And those who haven't, hopefully are learning about you now. Thanks for what you're doing. And Thanks, Rich. You can go back into hiding, I guess, as of now. <laughs> Thank you.